What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 98 of the In the Round podcast. It's your boy, Matt Burrill. Shout out, sweet boy behind the camera, Matt McElwain. Video producer extraordinaire, stellar drummer, phenomenal drinker, and ladies, he is single. So hit up our boy, Matt McElwain. And shout out to Trey Lewis and the crew for letting us use this luxurious space, the DM Monday Studios, here on Division Street in the heart of Music City, Music Row. For episode number 98, we have got a really cool guest, um, I guess a fellow Yankee, in a sense. He's from Maryland. Uh, it's my boy, Sam Grow. Me and Sam have been friends on the internet for a long time. We've got a lot of mutual friends, and uh, so it's cool to get to sit down with him and uh, talk about what he's got going on, his move to Nashville, um, dad life, everything that he has got cooking right now. He's a badass artist, badass writer, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. Now, i got to tell you about our sponsors. We have got our friends at Whale Tail Media. It's no secret, Whaletail Media, they, we made some big fucking waves last month at Live Oak with our third annual Whaletail Media takeover. The, the level of artists that Wales works with, the quality of work that him and his sister Gracie and his boy Beezy and the crew that they put together um, to get projects done, they are next level and uh, they're there to work for you. So hit up our friends at Whaletail Media. And if you're getting hitched, they're doing weddings too. So hit up Whaletail Media. Next, we got our friends at Saxman Studios, Grady Saxman and the boys. They've worked on all kinds of shit from platinum selling songs to the next big thing here in Nashville, Tennessee. And they're there to work for you. Nashville, Tennessee, they're out of Mount Juliet, actually. So be sure to hit up our boy, Grady Saxman, and his team at Saxman Studios. And last but certainly not least, our boy Mitch Wallace with The Digital Marketing Agency. Mitch is a badass dude. He's one of our good buddies. And uh, TDMA, he's got a great team behind him. Content, content, content. He's there to help you out as well. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. This is episode number 98 with our boy, Sam Grow. You are listening to the In The Round Podcast. And we did really well. Small room. It is. But know? it's got a lot of history, yeah. too, which a lot of people don't realize. Like, there's some really big good names. People, dude. Two like, of my favorite venues are in Jersey. So What's the other one? I love Stone Pony. Oh, fuck yeah. And I love yeah, Stone yeah. Ballroom. Those are two yeah, of my favorite. Star, star, dude, if you you got to go to like a metal show. You got to see. I've seen Black Label oh, Society, sure. which they're from, which yeah. Zach and those guys are from Jersey. No shit. You go to one of those shows at Starland, bro. Yeah, it's it's cool nice. for a country show, dude, we, but you we see. We played there with Tyler Farr. And dude, yeah, great crowds in there. Awesome, Everybody tailgates at the VFW yeah, across the, the street. Guy, there was a radio guy. Was it uh, Van Zandt or Mike? His name was Brian. Brian Van Dusen. Yeah, I know Van Dusen. That fucking guy was awesome. He just he just likes to have a couple beers. Yeah. He rides around on his bike and yeah. has a good fucking Super time. Super nice dude and like really kind to us, you know. Like yeah. that was back when like radio was really still radio. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And, like he was a uh, he had no reason to be nice to us at all, but he was. Yeah. But we played uh, Prospectors and then after we got done playing, we did really well. But the guy was like, "I'll never have you come back here because you're not a radio act." Well, Kemp was like. <laughs> Man, fuck you, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I'm gonna get Timmy like, on the yeah, phone. He's yeah. like, bro. He's like, man, the that, but they sold a bunch of tickets. That doesn't make any sense. So like, he did. He went to bat for me. Yeah. It, the guy and the owner never ended up having us come back again. But dude, that's how I like. Ke- Keppel did yeah, everything in his power. Yeah, like, you gotta have pissed. Sam back, like, man. Sam, Sam will sell tickets. Yeah, yeah. His people will buy drinks. Yeah. It'll be a great time. Yeah, Matter shit. Well, it was because he came to my show that when we did the headline thing. Yeah. Like I said, dude, I think the room holds like 500 people. If that. Maybe. Yeah, like, if that. If you're just really jamming them in there. Yeah. And I think we sold like 400 tickets. Yeah. In a 500-seater. And that was, Kemp's thing was like, man, 
they sold tickets. Like, why are you going to yeah. fuck radio? Yeah, when he, when he yeah. gets fired up, Kepsi's yeah. and, and McElwain's yeah. seen that too. Or like, yeah. when Kepsi's passionate about something, he'll just go, man. He's, I dug it, though, man. I was like, man, that's awesome, you know? Plus, Jersey people are passionate anyway. They are very. See, I'm, I'm from New York, but I grew up right on that border. So, yeah. like, if you take, it's funny. And I was actually just home this past weekend, and it was like, I got to see this, the Northeast stereotypes. Yeah. They're so real once you leave there, yeah. man. Like, you go out to a bar in New Jersey, and it's you go, you go into a diner, 2.33 in the morning in Morristown, New Jersey. Yeah. All the gorillas are in there, all the girls in their cheetah with their glitter on. Oh, and so all that, like all this, oh, it's, it's Jersey Shore yeah. shit, man. Oh, it's, yeah. there's, there's Ronnie's situation and Snooki. They actually <laughs> showed up at Jenks one night when we were doing um, Thunder 106 Country Night. It was funny. I think Daniel Bradbury was the headliner, so it was like the oh, most random wow. thing. And then all of a sudden, all there was like there was like all these extra security. I was like, what the fuck's going on tonight? Like, uh, it shouldn't be too rowdy. A Daniel Bradbury Legit, show should yeah. there shouldn't be fights at a yeah. Daniel Bradbury we're show. We're waiting for lighters, at, bro. Yeah, Jake's Club on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. but the the whole Jersey Shore crew like rolled in and did they stay? They hung out like the back and like they were they were cool. they were like drinking beer out of the boots or whatever. Mm-hmm. They they had like the Bud Light like tall. Whole, like plastic boots Paul or whatever. Dude back there singing sway. You know? Oh, dude! That... <laughs> he's actually a huge Daniel Bradbury fan. Yeah, Snooky, 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 Snooky trying to sing yeah, "Worth exactly. It." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, dude. So how long have you been down here in um, been down here in Nashville? Eight years. You've been here eight years. Yeah, eight years. Fuck. Yeah, I came down here for so crazy story. My bass player. Uh, Gene, who's been playing music with me since I was 14 years old. He's like my second dad. Yeah. And uh, he was like, man, if we keep playing in Southern Maryland, like we're just going to end up staying here. So he went home and emailed every producer in Nashville. And he got in touch with Matt McClure, who produced uh, Lee Bryce. Oh, sick. And Matt McClure's like, yeah, you know, I kind of dig this guy's sound. You know, if you're ever in town, you know, let me know. Well, Gene immediately books us a, a National Underground gig when National Underground was on second. Yeah. Just no one came there, you know. <laughs> but he books it so we could go and play. And dude, it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon on like a Tuesday. And he's like, you have to hit up Matt McClure, man. Like, he said if we come here, he'll come. I was like, Gene, he's never going to come to this show. So I texted Matt McClure, and I started that text message off with like, Bro, I never I know you're never gonna come to this gig, but we're playing at one PM if at National Underground if you'd like to come and see me play. Oh, well dude he came with his wife. And he sat down, listened, and at the end he was like, Hey, can you stick around for two more days? I was like, Yeah. So he took me over to Ole at the time. Now it's called Anthem. Yeah. Uh publishing. Uh John Ozier. I sat and sang for him and Ben Strain. And John Ozier offered me a publishing deal on a napkin. Like he was <laughs> like, yo, works, he's like, yo, will you stay? <laughs> and I was ready to sign it. Cause at the time he was like, you know, I'll give you 30 grand a year to be a song. And I'm like, hell yeah, dude. I was in a van, you know? Yeah, so I was dude. like, hell yeah. And Matt was like, no, don't sign it. And I was like, you're crazy, dude. Like this guy, I didn't even know you could get paid to write songs. Like I want to do this. He's like, just wait it out. So then Matt took me over to, um, unfortunately Drew Alexander's passed away now, but one of my favorite people in town, he was, and it was over at curb. Did a retreat with Curb, and then Drew Alexander offered me a publishing deal. Well, Matt McClure did this on purpose because Drew Alexander and John Osher hated each other. Oh, uh, so the bidding war. I got a bidding war. Hell yeah. And, dude, I'd been in town for maybe a week and a half, and I got a publishing deal. One of the highest publishing deals that year. Oh, no shit. And, yeah, all because Matt McClure 
helped me out and all because Gene sent like 800 emails. But yeah, and then I've been here ever since, just writing songs. Hell yeah, dude. What was the cover? Because I'm guessing you were doing like the cover scene back in. What's that? Are you doing shore gigs? Are you doing like small town, like oh, trailer bars with the, with because people think of Maryland, they think of Baltimore. They're like, okay, it's kind of yeah, near no. like the, the Chesapeake no. shit, like that, that Del Mar of all that no. stuff. But there's some, some redneck podunk areas. Well, that's what people Maryland. don't ever understand. They're like, yo, you're from Maryland. Why do you talk like that? Well, I'm middle state, basically, Virginia. Yeah. Like, the closest city to me is Fredericksburg, Virginia. Yeah. So, like, that's where I would go when I went to the mall. So, it's down on the Potomac. So, I played all the small town bars and places. I played all the big town bars and places, too. But, yeah, just depending on whatever the gig yeah. was. Did you ever go through Cancun Cantina oh, yeah. in Hanover, played. Maryland? Yeah. We all playing there New Year's Eve. No shit. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We did... We did um, a gig or trade trade did a gig because the guy that I'm out with I get to be the tour manager as I say the babysitter of nice. Trey Lewis and the, the band of heathens over there Matt nice. McElwain the drummer um, we played um, we were up there and it was the day that the COVID restrictions ended in Maryland oh, so wow. for whatever reason it just worked out that way Maryland gets down to some country music, bro. Oh, dude, like yeah. they, and I was not expecting it at a place called the Cancun Cantina. Yeah. I was like, what is this place going to be like? And it's an interesting setup in there, yeah. but they get down to oh, the yeah. music, man. Yeah, dude. It, and it went through, I think if y'all were there at that time, it had just switched back into good ownership. For a yeah. minute there, it was bad ownership. I hadn't been there for a while. Uh, they were like not about country music anymore, even though like that club was kind of built on it. Like, it was like a was, historical spot. Yeah, so that was like the spot to go and see country music and line dance was there. And dude, Maryland has so much history in country music. Anyway, people don't realize that, but like there's there's a ton of history yeah. all through there. But that spot was like the country spot if you're in the Baltimore yeah. area. What, what was like your first? What was like your first round of gigs? So you start playing music at 14. Yeah. What was what is what is a fourteen year old Sam Grow doing Dude, playing music in Maryland? So what, locally, what are the gigs like? Talent shows, open mics, no, mom small, and dad taking small you. Small town, yeah, small town <laughs> stuff. Uh, there was this place called um, Hotel Charles, which is like my hometown's Grand Ole Opry, basically. And uh, my dad was a regular there, and nice. he convinced the bartender to let me play on Wednesday nights there for tips. And I had the big old black X on my hand and couldn't <laughs> drink, but. Uh, just saying, you know, yeah. whatever they wanted me to sing for tips on Wednesday nights. And then that led to some person who owned like an Uno's in Waldorf to like come out and be like, oh, well, you should come play my Wednesdays at the patios. And then I'd go and play those. So just like one thing led to another, but all small town stuff. But I mean, dude, all that turns into, you know, something that turned out to be a lot greater and a lot bigger you know you start small and yeah. then one person turns to 100 100 turns to 1000 what was the smallest vehicle you were traveling around in with a band because oh, i've heard of people traveling on priuses i've heard of people driving around like sequoias obviously yeah passenger church vans things i still like that. i still have it it's a 2001 f-150 five speed uh half cab like tiny i would throw my behringer speakers in the back of that thing and it had no cover and it would just get the speakers would get rained on like but they still work yeah so shout out behringer but uh yeah dude it was that small I, I, and you were pat you were traveling with like a band at that point too yeah. so you guys were packing in yeah there. or 
I'd load as much as I could in the back of my truck, and then the band members, the other band members, would ride around in their jeeps or whatever they had, and we would just caravan and just to, do whatever you yeah, could bro, to play music cheeseburg, for people. Cheeseburger in paradise, where it's a triangle, a stage as big as this coffee table, and we would just all fit on there, and I'd stand off onto the side, like, and we'd bring drums, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, like, you'd was, bring a full kit yeah, and make yeah, it work. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So that's got to be like, so you you come down here. You said you got you moved down here eight years ago. Mm-hmm. You have the 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 stars align the publishing deal the within a week when did you feel like like was it permanent that you were you were down here or did you do some of the back and forth or yeah no, it's got to be hard to give up the gigs when you're gigging as much as you were to come stopped. down here and no. and like do you go back and still have those gigs i know a lot of people that'll go back to illinois or go back this these yeah. southern folks have it very easy where their hometown gigs alabama georgia mississippi aren't that far yeah going back home for you is a little bit more of a haul to every, get those friday saturday gigs every week man I would go back, and that was part of my publishing deal, too. Olay, God bless them. Oh, they, they took care of you for they that. They paid my trips back and forth Dude, on airplanes. that's huge. Yeah, so they paid my of. travel back and forth. And that was part of my, like, thing was because I had my guitar player and bass player who had been with me since I was 14 years old. And at the time, I was 26. So, like, they were – I was like, these they depend on me. This is their full-time yeah. gig. So they were like, well, you don't have to worry about that. We'll travel you back so you could go back and forth. And I did. I played 250 shows. I mean, the year I signed my publishing deal, I still played 250 shows that year. Jeez. Just lived on airplanes, bro. That's that 250 shows? Mm-hmm. That's some shit right there. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's um, some real, like, robot. Now, was most of that back home or was a lot of that Everywhere. Going? Every little thing we could do. But, I mean, we it was a normal week for me to play Thursday through Sunday every single week. And so I would come back. That was part of Ole's understanding, too, is I'd come back Monday morning, and I would be in the writing room at 11. And then Wednesday, I would be flying out to get to my show on Wednesday night. But I did that for two years straight. The definition of paying your dues, man. Oh, man. Something yeah. I feel like people need – I feel like to for, like – Maybe it's just because a lot of the artists that I've like become friends with, or that I'm that I vibe with, or that I've worked for, they've come up doing that kind of thing, where it's you, you pay your dues and grind. Whereas there's a lot of folks that come up, especially in today's day and age, yeah. where they don't have the experience of playing covered. They don't have the experience of playing in front of nobody Bro. for very little money, grinding, literally asking your like the, in the back of your mind, or or there's got to be people around you that are like, "Why are you doing this?" But and you're like, "I don't know how to do anything else. This is yeah. what." I was here to do and then there's there's kids that come up and they don't have any experience playing shows yeah i mean it's i like was how- about to say i have friends that make mad money off of spotify and they've never played a show in their life like they make music full-time <laughs> never played a show ever like literally never played a show which is just mind-blowing yeah. to me because yeah. to me the live show is where the music stems from well i mean you, in my opinion yeah you get music from living you know yeah. like that's how you write songs you got to live life yeah so if you're not out there living how can you really write you know yeah. the real stuff but also i think that there's the facade that people don't understand that like when somebody blows up on tiktok there are some people that blow up on tiktok that have been grinding it yeah, out yeah that's, like that's, how, that's how we feel with trey you yeah. know trey was doing the 10 years 10 years of playing mexican struggled, restaurants yeah, and, people yeah, don't understand same same, shit, same kind of thing you were doing man yeah. and there's lots of others that were doing that guys girls that from all over the country that were yeah. coming up in their local scenes even muscadine man like yeah I love them. I know you went out with them for a while. Yeah. I don't know them personally. I love their music. I've always loved their music. Yeah. But, you know, those guys, they were getting a million monthly listeners long before the TikTok days. You yeah. Know, like when they were just 
grinding it out and playing as many shows as they could. And, yeah, and, and part, expanding. Yeah, and part of what they were doing, and this is like, because I remember, I'm like, I feel like we've been internet friends for a while. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know, like that's how that's that's funny because like that's how I became tight with Nikki T from Raised yeah. Rowdy. I, oh, call, I love Nikki. Man. Nikki T. I call him Uncle Nick. You know, because one, he's 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 old. I'm yeah. not as old as he is. So <laughs> love you, Nikki T. Damn, he's Nikki, got, he's he did you dirty, he's, dog. He's, he's got about 13 years on me. <laughs> he loves, dirty, but dog. but he he knows I call him Uncle Nick, and I'm his personal yeah. driver because I don't drink anymore. And yeah. he's obviously Nikki T's front row. Don't go drink all the beers. Great yeah. human being, but him and I became tight over the internet, and I was always watching what like Ray's Rowdy was doing yeah. and all that. I remember watching what you were doing and it looked like you and like you were out there doing all doing all the shows all the time. Muscadine was doing that too, but what they were doing was was the way that they were marketing their gigs, their weekly gigs that they had going up and down 65. They would yeah. drive down the mobile. They had gigs in Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, Montgomery, Huntsville, whatever. Then they'd go down, spend the week at home, write songs together, and then come back up and play their gigs. Yeah. But it it's like making it look like you're it's showing showing the grind that you're doing yeah. and i feel like you did a really good job of that well, you know you know having the content guys with you and i recognize that pretty early with instagram i was like man if you can hire somebody to just kind of follow you around and show the act then you can get enough people to like be interested in the respect of yeah. man like they're really working their ass off you know so I mean, I just was doing what a lot of those guys were doing, you know, but became huge fans of them. And even Jelly, like, I love Jelly Roll. Oh, dude. Je Jelly to me is, like, the ultimate success story, oh, especially because he's a Nashville guy. Yeah, I so seriously do have a problem with you if you can't root that guy on. Like, I'm like, yeah. if you can't love Jelly I Roll, love the, I don't, yeah. I forget, I forget which, um, I think it might have been Busting with the Boys where he was talking about how he remembers watching the, the catch or whatever, the big play that the yeah. Titans had the, yeah. their the year they went to the Super Bowl. And he was like, yeah, I watched it from my jail cell in Juvie. You could see, out, you could see the stadium from the window, and it's yeah. like, fuck. Dude, this even, guy his went through it. even his Opry story, like, I went through on comments because there was, like, trolls on there. And, dude, I, I just felt like it was a personal responsibility of me to go through and be like, yo, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> don't talk shit on Jelly. You know, but, like, because even that story was awesome, you know, where one of his first days out was going to the Grand Ole Opry and he sees Craig Morgan play. Yeah. And then, like, that makes him want to change everything and just chase music and still doing drugs, you know. And I'm like, how many kids – could have one of those instant kind of changes by watching him and seeing like, oh, that worked out for him. Yeah. He's like me. So like there's so many of them, but there's there's a ton of people that look at Jelly and they're like, oh, that was overnight. And it's like, nah, bro. No. That was, he was signed to – so Ole absorbed his publishing company at the same time they signed me. So oh, so you knew – I so knew Jelly So before. you've known Jelly back in the day. Yeah. We both showed up to – we're both tattooed yeah. dudes. And we go into this polished-ass, real refined restaurant that Ole was, like, having this party and everybody's in suits. And me and Jelly roll in, and we're like, oh, we could be friends, you know? <laughs> like, and that's literally how it worked from then, but, yeah. Yeah, and um, and it's, like, the, the world that you're in, you're with Average average Joe's, uh -huh. and Jelly's kind of in that realm. Too, where, like, you're, you're country, you're rock, you're... You're just you're Sam Grow. You're Thanks, you. Man. You know, like you're not. You. At, you're authentically you, and that's what I've always liked about your music. Going back from five years ago to your most recent releases, and it's like being with what the guys at Average Joe's do. They have so many different styles of things over there. So, yeah. did you did you grow up listening to that kind of stuff too, like the hip hop rap stuff, or were you country and Skinnered and all that kind yeah, of shit? Yeah, I mean, I think that what made me respect and understand Average Joe's was my like. I was a fan of Colt and I was a fan of Brantley Gilbert. Yeah. Like, and like 
old Brantley Gilbert stuff. Oh, modern day prodigal son, halfway to having the good shit. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I heard that and I was like, holy, because dude, truth be told, when I started doing this, all I ever wanted to be was a rhythm guitar player in an emo band. Like I didn't even (laughs) want to sing like at all. I just wanted to play rhythm guitar and sing background vocals. Yeah. That was it. I didn't want to be the guy. And the only problem was I'd keep getting bands with guys that weren't as serious and they would say things like, man, if this could be a job, that would be so awesome. Like, no, this should be our job. I want this to be our job. Yeah. And then they would quit. So then eventually I just had to stop, be the singer. And then I would put out rock records. I would put out rock records in Southern Maryland. And the radio stations, the country radio stations would play them. And yeah. I was like, shit, I don't want to be, I want to be a rocker. And it just didn't, you know, didn't work out. Like, I was like, I might as well just be what I am. But when I heard Brantley come out with his stuff and you hear the big distorted guitars and shit, I was like, yeah. oh, well, I can, you know, dance that line of still having a very guitar-heavy show yeah. and just pin it with a country lyric, and I'm I'm good. I get the love of both. So yeah, dude. That's how I heard about Average was that. And then, of course, if you know Brantley Gilbert, you know Cole Ford. Oh, 100%. You know? Yeah. So, and then I watched Colt and respected him not just as an artist and a grind, but like – a writer he's a really great songwriter yeah man. and he's just such a good dude he was actually my first in my like back and again to go back to like the college radio stuff and and brad gets this when you're doing the radio stuff like you get you get there's a lot of cool perks to it money isn't one of the perks you don't right. make a lot doing radio it's right. a passion business yeah but you get to meet a lot of cool people and Brad you get got to pretty do, rich at the end he get, won't ever <laughs> tell you that but he got pretty he got pretty damn rich at the end of radio. you build up your years yeah. you know and man. then he peaced out he's straight up like tom brady that shit <laughs> hell yeah, let's go he's um, like how much money hell yeah two more years buddy but yeah, I, so my like first time going to a show is like a as like a radio gun granted i was on a 20 watt college radio station nobody listened to but i thought it was the biggest thing in the world it yeah. was full, it was right when fgl started blowing up so it was fgl Colt Ford and Dallas Smith. And we yeah. got we got linked up with, and it was just, again, just sending out emails and phone calls, hit up a guy named Tony Morelli, who used to be over at Average Joe's back in the day. Brad loves and, Tony. And uh, we, um, and he was like, yeah, come to the show. Here's some tickets. And we we went, it was in Philly. It was in Upper Darby, the Tower Theater in oh, Philly. Shit. The hood. Yeah. And we're, we're just four drunk-ass college kids wearing wearing just ridiculous shit. The show was called Redneck Radio. That was the name of the radio show. Oh, wow. So we were we we played the part. It was a lot of guys from South Jersey that were from yeah. where Keppel's from, the Pine, Piney Power, Pine Barrens yeah, Which is a very serious thing. If you talk to anybody from South Georgia, oh. Jersey, it's very important that you put the South in front of it. Or oh, yeah. Really yeah, and they, and it's South very, and North fight about yeah, pork roll It's like Taylor North Ham, and South Korea, bro. And then South and North, both. The one thing they agree on is that Central Jersey doesn't exist, yeah. which I think that Central Jersey does exist. Yeah. But I'm also from New York, so what the fuck do yeah. I know? But um, we got to meet Colt that night, and um, he was like just the coolest most hospitable guy like he is everything that anyone could expect him to be by looking at him online he is that exact same exact there's no fakeness or mask to him at all everything you see is legitimately what he is he's one of the sweetest dudes ever you you ever play golf with him no hell no no he's (laughs) asked me but I told him I would never play you don't golf. Want to be no, hell no, man. I told him I was like, I'll drive the cart and I'll be your weed passer. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not definitely not gonna play golf with you. Like, no, no, he has asked, but no, I don't want that ass because he's he's really good at golf. Bro. Like he was a pro, wasn't he? He still is. He still has PGA card. He still has his PGA card. Yeah. After all these years, I didn't yeah. know he still Dude, had that. During COVID, when show stopped, he went back and played PGA. <laughs> No shit. Yeah, catch cold on TV. <laughs> playing on t- against John Daly. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, dead ass. Wh- 
That would be. Yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, if if Cole Ford called you up and said, "Hey, I'm playing. I'm hanging out at Old Hickory today with John Daly," you kind of have to go. Oh yeah. I feel uh, like that's a bucket list thing to well, be in a play yeah. around. Even if like I'm not very good at golf. I have clubs, but I like going out there, smoking a cigar, smoking some other herbal substances yeah. from the ground. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you, you got if if John Daly and Colt Ford hit you up, you should. You well, dude, go his there. like regular for a while there was he calls him Bob. That's how you know they're for oh, real kid friends. Rock, yeah, yeah, that's how you know they're for Uncle, real friends. Uncle Bob, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's him, kid, and uh, John. Like that's <laughs> the normal trio that would go out and play golf. Like. Shit, bro. It's I, I mean, absurd. I, if I was a golf course manager, I'd make sure the fucking insurance was like paid up fully before those guys went out. But like, <laughs> yeah, they, that's like that was his regular for a while. What was like your first conversation with Colt Ford like? So how does the average Joe's stuff kind of pop? How does the average Joe's thing kind of pop up? So my record deal was legit like the movies. I spent my whole career going pretty much labels or bullshit and yeah. never wanted them and avoided them at all cost. One of my best friends in the world is Taylor Phillips. Dude, that's yeah. the first guy that I ever met in Nashville. 2017, yeah. I was down here visiting. I wasn't even living here. Yeah. And I interviewed Taylor on my college radio show in the Holiday Inn in downtown. I interviewed him, Matt Roy, and Andrew Cirillo. Yeah. Those are like my – Taylor. I, I love I, I love, love Taylor yeah. and Matt Roy. They're great dudes. So, yeah, you knew, so Taylor and Colt are buddies, I guess? Yeah, so me and Taylor, we met – he was selling Kelly Pickler's merchandise, and I was on tour with <laughs> Kelly Pickler. So, of course, I see him, he sees me, and he's like, ah, uh, cornhole buddies. So we literally played cornhole and got drunk on tour the whole time, yeah. and we just became friends, like really good friends. And he went out on a right on a bus with Colt. Well, he was looking at the day sheet, and he was like, holy shit, the opener is Sam Grow. He's like, Colt, that's like my best friend. So he calls me, Taylor calls me, he's like, hey, can you come up on the bus, like come write some songs with me and Colt? So I get up on the bus, and it's me, George Burge, Colt Ford, and Taylor Phillips. What and I'm just like, holy shit, this is wild. What a combo. Yeah. yeah, so we're writing, and we wrote two or three songs. And I'm singing, and Colt's like, man, like, bro, why don't you have, like, a deal or anything? And I was like, oh, I'm not interested, you know. And, I, like, I never expected him to be, like, kind of pining to see if he could sign me. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just not interested. Labels, you know, they're they first – label experiences I had they wanted to get rid of my band and like I said I love my guitar player and bass player like they're legitimately my blood they might yeah. as well be my blood so like that was never a question for me like I'll just keep playing music and I made a great living and that's all I ever needed you know yeah. so we get done or he's like you know cool I want to come watch the show and he comes out and Colt watches the show and after we get done playing he's like hey after my set he's like after the show's done come back on the bus I want to talk to you I was like, okay, cool. So we get back on the bus after the show's over, and he goes, look, I know you don't like record companies. He's like, I know you don't like that whole scenario. He's like, but I really, really would like to sign you. I really want you to be on Average Joe's. And uh, I was like, man, I don't know. And he goes, come up with the terms, whatever's comfortable. I'll give you a good split on a master. Like, it's for real. He goes, I don't want anything from you. I just want more people to hear your music. That's it. I want to be the outlet. Yeah. I want to be the vacuum that gets Sam Grow out to yeah. more people. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, cool. Dude, I didn't do anything because I thought he was bullshit. And, yeah. and then v the VP Forrest called me and he was like, yo, uh, Colt saying, like, he wants you to come and do a showcase for us. Like, we're down, you know, to be in the Sam Grow business. And I was like, wait, are you serious? And he was like, yeah. So I brought the band over there and played and they pretty much offered me a deal on the spot 
I went to my lawyer, asked for all the things that I wanted. And to this day, Colt and Eddie Montgomery will tell you I have the best deal on the label. Let's and go, Colt, Colt, dude. Colt, Colt that's, goes, that's Colt a big goes, deal. Fucked up, man. You got a better deal than I do. But like, <laughs> and I told him I was like, you should renegotiate. But yeah, no. And dude, and he's always been a man of his word. And uh, like first record because he knew I was like kind of intimidated by the label thing. I thought they were always going to try to. I won't say the label, but my first label experience that I was about signed to, they were very controlling, especially yeah. on the music. Well, eight years ago, I feel like the label scene was different oh, than it dude. is now, too, because so much. I feel like and as much as I loved being a radio guy, the power of streaming and the power of being able to do it your damn self and do it how you want to yeah. do it and not needing as much assistance, yeah. they don't have as much control as they used yeah. to. 100%. So eight years ago, it had to be, oh, dude, or however a, many years ago that first experience it was, was had and, to be crazy. Yeah, it was a nightmare. And Colt was like, you know, I, I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to intrude on anything. He was like, so here's a check. And he gave me a check, and he was like, go make your first record. Turn in 15 songs, I'll pick 12. And he literally just wrote me a check to go and make a record. I hired my band to play on so the – So it's literally as, yeah, as that's much as the, Sam Grove as it'll ever sound. Yeah, the Love & Whiskey record, dude, is my band Let's playing go. on the record. And the – Album went number one on iTunes. Yeah. So then Colt called me, and he always does this, man. Like, it's so amazing to me that whenever there's, like, accolades in my career, he's always one of the first ones to call me to just tell me that he's proud of me. And he was like, hey, I'm super proud of you. He's like, obviously, you've proven that, like, you can go in and make a record, and I've proven to you that, you know, I'm not trying to be invasive. Yeah. He's like, but second record, I really would like to be a part of it if that's cool. Yeah. And I was like, of course. And then, of course, our first track that we record, second run out, was Song About You, dude, and it completely yeah. changed my life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's been an amazing experience over there. I've learned so much from Colt, and I learned a ton from Noah Gordon, who also produced as well. Um, yeah. And it's just been an awesome, ex like, learning experience for me. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's really cool to see a guy that I've that like it's wild to hear about the Taylor Phillips connection. Yeah. Obviously our boy our boy Keppel Kepsey yeah, the yeah. the big I honestly he was he was telling me and I was like I know we got I he was saying you better have some whiskey in the studio. Sam likes it. Sam likes George Dickel. He said yeah, that's true. like he said yeah. that's your yeah. that's your favorite. So hopefully what we've got over here we can get you a shot yeah, of Dickel. Yeah, I got some makers, man. Yeah, we got we we keep it pretty stocked. Sweet yeah. boy keeps it stocked with all that. He only really drinks the Fireball. The rest of it's for the guests, Bro, you know. Uh, I retired what, on Fireball. On the, what's on the Sam Grill Rider? What um, are you drinking on Brad can tell you more so than me. <laughs> what's the most mild thing? No, Pedialyte. Yeah. Oh, Pedialyte. Okay, that's a good manager right there. If he's making sure you guys have Pedialyte, yeah, that's excellent. I, yeah. our guys like the Gatorade Light, the yeah, Gator Light or whatever. Pedialyte will change the game for you, especially if you like. You drink. Oh yeah, he's got it right there. He played yeah. Broadway last night. He's got oh, yeah, Gator Light. Gator Light in his. <laughs> those are good, but they just those are new. Yeah. You know, those are, new, those are new boys. That's when you're, like, in a really bad pinch and you're extremely hungover and you hit a gas station. Now the gas stations keep those pretty roped. Oh, Love's, and then I also, Love's keep some stuff. Yeah, I also keep, like, it's funny. I call it the cereal brand of Pedialyte. You know, like, how in cheap grocery stores they'll, like, have Lucky O's and it's really Lucky Charms, yeah. but it's Lucky O's or whatever. Like, they have this, it's called Electrolyte. Yeah, yeah. I had that the other day. <laughs> it's called yeah. Electrolyte. It's, it's, and that's what I was snagging. Really nasty. Yeah, dude, it's terrible, but it, it helps It helps headaches. And then my thing was I would just drink one before the show. Then I could drink as much. I always drink whiskey straight. I don't ever mix it. So I drink it straight, and then after I'm done with the show, I'll drink another Pedialyte, and I'm normally pretty good to go the next day. Yeah. Sorry for anybody who's watching this and that works for you because – 
it creates terrible habits. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I've dialed back a lot. But uh, like, yeah, were, yeah, were the cover days pretty wild back in the day? Like oh, when Jesus. you did. I mean, it's got to be different when you're playing in like your hometown area and it's like all your buddies watching you and there's yeah. not as many. Like it's it's different now with being on a on the the level that you're at now to where you were years ago. Yeah, like where you probably were playing for. I don't know, like a couple hundred bucks in a bar tab, and yeah. you were using every bit of that bar yeah. tab. Yeah. Shit had to get pretty wild back yeah. in the day. Constantly. I mean, the cover shows definitely are, but I f- I found that like a lot of that was to have a good time. Nothing. And if you ask pretty much any musician, and no offense to anybody whose songs you have to cover, one of the most soul sucking experiences is to have to get up on stage and play other people's song for an entire. Oh, night. absolutely, yeah. You know, and I'm not ever ashamed to admit that it's true. The more that we all spread that word to let people understand how terrible it is for like actual musicians to play everybody else's songs instead yeah. of their own, the better. But like, I would have to have a party situation to have a good time doing that. So I would do that. So then when I got to a place in my life where I was like, the show is my show. I found I didn't have to dig into the bottle as much because I wanted what got me drunk at that point was singing my songs and watching people yeah, sing them. Being back able to, to live in the moment more yeah, because you're, you're happy with where you're at. Yeah, experience doesn't, it. Doesn't feel like work. It feels like the dream. Yeah, dude. I mean, that is that's the highest of highs when you write something and you worked hard on something. You know, whether you wrote it yourself or you wrote it in a room with two other guys, like it's watching somebody else sing that back to you is the highest of high you yeah. can have. It's way better than a drink, you know? Yeah. Oh, so sure. you get to that place in your career where it's like, you know, yeah, Jack's cool. I'll fill a cup and I'll have a sip, but I get drunk off of the show now. Yeah. Um, when did the songwriting thing, when, when did you start writing songs? Were you doing that shit up in yeah. Maryland back, back as a yeah. kid? Like when was I that? I started writing songs when I was like 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. My parents like battled it out pretty hardcore and then eventually like made the official split when I was like 12 or 13. So like that was my outlet, you know, was I would listen to them argue and then I would write that stuff down and, you know, very emo rock and roll. Like you said earlier, rhythm guitar for the 2000s emo band. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I would just like that would be my thing is write it out and it made me feel better. So. I got addicted to that, and then of course, as you get older and you start dating girls, and they, you know, wreck your life. You can yeah. write that down to feel better. Keep instead of just pinning it all up like most guys do. I would just write it down on on paper. Yeah, dude, and a lot of people can relate to that shit, yeah. which is the big thing. Like, what what was the first song of yours where you were like, oh shit, people are feeling this? Like, where people were hitting because I know people hit up hit you up on Instagram and yeah. hit you up on Facebook or whatever, or at the at the show, and are like, this song did something for me. Yeah, my my favorite and always will be my favorite is the blame. Yeah, uh, changed the game for me. Uh, got me to be one of the longest on the horizon artists on Sirius XM. Hell yeah! And the coolest thing for me was. It wasn't like just girl for a long time. I did the whole because in eight years ago, bro, that was like the pretty boy country era where yeah, like bro tra- country, yeah, yeah, where like you're trying to sing to the girls, you weren't really singing to the dudes. And when I was on Olay, they like that was what they really wanted to have me pump out was just like a bunch of songs that like really just make chicks pay attention to what I'm doing. But then when I wrote The Blame, that was the first time I saw like dudes send me messages and be like, bro. I'm that guy that you're singing about and I want to change like how I am and yeah. you hit exactly where I'm at in my life. And I was like, shit, that's man, that's what I want to experience more so than 
the girl that's just sending hard eye emojis, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that song changed it all for me and made me realize like how much you can reach a person. Cause you know, music and making music, it can be intangible sometimes where you're just putting a song out and you're not realizing who's listening to it or what's happening. It's just a Rolodex of numbers and you're watching people spin, but you're not realizing what your music's doing to a person yeah. when they listen to it. So when you start getting actual messages from people being like, yo, this changed the way I thought, then you realize how powerful, you know, this art is. And that makes you want to be more serious about it. Amen. At least for dude. me. Dude, 100%. Yeah. Amen. I don't, I'm not a music, like, I don't have any musical ability. I got, my parents pulled me out of course because I, I, I was the ADHD kid that <laughs> couldn't have the attention span. And my, um, like, I, I wasn't even in, like, I didn't do chorus, band, any, I have no musical bone in my body. I'm just, I can't confirm. He can confirm. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm good at talking. I love the music. I love it, man. And it's, and it's really cool to, like, be, to talk to, talk to you about all this stuff and see how you, like how you feel that shit, man. Like, yeah. cause there's a lot of songs with me. Cause I've, I feel like I'm like, I get to work in the industry, but I feel like th first and foremost, I'm a fan, Yeah, which is what's really cool. And I feel like a lot of artists are that way All too. Right. I'll tell but like you're a music fan. What was the first person or who was the first person that you were like, Oh shit, I'm shaking this guy's hand. Uh, crazy. And I got to do it. Um, so my biggest influence in country music is Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn. Oh, and shit, it was because yeah. my dad, when he went through a divorce with my mom, that was the music that he'd roll around and listen to, to just go ahead and feel it and be sad. And Ronnie Dunn and Brooks and Dunn had this song called It's Getting Better All the Time. Yep. And I remember just being a kid and riding around listening to it. My dad, my dad was super blue collar, super quiet, hardworking dude. Didn't, emotions was not his forte, but he'd listen to that song, you'd just see like a tear, you know? And I'm like, damn, if something can break through on that dude, like <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah. So I just dove into the Brooks and Dunn stuff catalog so hard and just, Loved Ronnie Dunn's voice and got to open up for him. And where was that show at? Southern Maryland, bro. I got to play this place called Bayside Pavilion and uh, uh, played it with him. And it was when he was doing a solo run. Oh, sick. Yeah. And I, I was I, damn drunk. Yeah. Um, beer. Was it Dude, beer in yeah. Texas? I forget what uh, the other cost of living. Cost of living. Yeah. God. That song, that whole fucking record, so good. I don't know. Very, very kids, under, very kids under. Go listen yeah. to that record. Very underrated. Yeah, one of the best records ever. And Terry McBride's all over it, which is one of my favorite songwriters. And yeah. he's all over that record. But uh, like, he came out, played, we opened, and in that set, we did ZZ Top. Well, Brooks and Dunn and ZZ Top had toured together just before that solo tour with Ronnie. And Ronnie rode his little golf cart over to me on the backstage, and he said, hey, man, just want to let you know there's only one other band I've heard play Sharp Dressed Man better. And he said, and that's ZZ Top. He said, great job today. And I was like, holy shit. And I'm just, like, shitting my pants the whole time. talking. And I was like, man, it's so nice to meet you. And he goes, I'm Ronnie. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, yeah, dude, he was one of the nicest guys, you know, and uh, super kind. And then, of course, one of my first co-writes in town, after my first co-write ever was Steve Bogard, which that's nuts. And yeah. Then, and then uh, after that was Terry McBride. And Jeez. I had this rule because Kyle Jacobs kind of brought me into town too with Matt uh, McClure. And Kyle was like, yo, when you go into some of these rights, don't look these guys up. So he would literally write in the calendar, don't look on some of these guys because he didn't want me to get nervous. And Terry McBride was one of those dudes. And so I'm talking about Brooks and Dunn, and I'm just gushing. And Terry's, like, eating this shit up. And he's like, you know, well, what are some of your favorite songs? I'm like, man, 
He's like, what's the party song you like? And I was like, man, play some country. He's like one of my favorite songs ever. And he's like, oh, cool. And he's just like playing it cool. Well, Terry's written all those songs. Yeah. He wrote all the songs. And then he was at the end, he was like, I got to show you something. And I still didn't know that he was he had played bass and wrote all the hits for Brooks and Dunn. And he comes over and he's like showing me this photo booth. And he's like, and that's me right there playing bass. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so Terry's still one of my really good buddies. He's singing yeah. background vocals on one of the new songs. Let's go. Yeah, what's yeah. up with the new music, bro? Dude, got so much of it. Just finished cutting seven. Let's go. Yeah, the new, the new record's Studio coming out. time, baby. Yeah, the new record's coming out in October. Yeah, October. And uh, been putting singles out every six weeks, but I think I have another one coming out in August, so this month. Hell yeah. And then we'll do like another teaser in September, and then one more big one in October that comes out with the record. And, Dude, congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. So this is, this will be what, the second or third one with Third Urban studio Jones? album. The third studio album. So what's the involvement with this one? Yeah, so uh, Noah did the first four. So the first four singles are out right now. Yeah. Noah produced those. Um, Noah has now since opened up 8-Track Entertainment, signed like Shenandoah, and yeah. then bought into Fame Studio in uh, Alabama and uh, like is doing his own thing a ton. So he's not on the back half of this album, so I self-produced the back seven. Okay, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah, but all of Noah's direction and uh, knowledge and Colts as well, I, I stole pretty much every. So if it sounds the same, it's because I absolutely copied what they taught me. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's me just trying to imitate Noah Gordon for the back half. Hell yeah. Now, is this record, like, are you one of those guys? Because, like, Brantley Gilbert's one of these guys where it's, um, I feel like Chris Collinsworth's saying, one of these guys. But um, when, um, where it's like the, di- the, re- the different records are, yeah different chapters of his life like yeah. modern day prodigal son the halfway to heaven to just as i am the devil don't sleep all those records for you are you that kind of guy as well we're like this new record are we hearing about what's been going on in your oh, life yeah. kind of yeah. stuff i'm definitely not so intuitive to write my albums and chapters uh, where I can just know like it's a Harry Potter series. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, well that's that's that's, that's <laughs> like, God true. bless yeah. them for knowing where their life's gonna go, but yeah. not me. Uh, no, but I'm saying writing I, about like what what you're going through at that. Oh exact yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm I'm definitely I am writing what's currently happening in my life. So is that like party stuff? Is that like family uh, stuff? Is that like love no. stuff? Like what reflective stuff? No. I mean, I definitely have a a song on there that I wrote with Terry that's. I guess you could consider like a party type song, but it's, you know, it's called Bar Like This. And it's, you know, basically just talking about the different kind of people you meet when you're that guy that's in a bar by yourself, you know, kind of taking it in and drinking and doing what you got to do. But uh, no, it's it's all relationship kind of uh, stuff on this one. I went through terrible breakup this past year, so I, it's all that stuff. But okay. in the terrible parts, there was also angry parts so there's some fuck you songs on there yeah like, we, so, we, we love we love us some good everybody fuck, loves good fuck we you love song, good fuck yeah, you songs yeah, everybody man. Loves good fuck you song. but uh <laughs> but yeah like so it's just like that mix of of that real life kind of kind of thing on this album and uh i'm calling it manchester i grew up in or i'm living in manchester tennessee oh yeah uh so like that's my town and that's where I've been living for the past few years. And that's where a lot of my life and real life stuff and songs have been coming from is out of little town. So there was a big festival there. Yeah, Bonnaroo. Well, Bonnaroo's there. And then, yeah. well, I'm talking about, isn't there a rock one that they did too? Like a metal one? 
Maybe. Those around that area? Yeah, I mean, Manchester's like... Those like exit 111 oh, or something, yeah, yeah, that yeah, metal yeah. one that was down yeah, there? Were, yeah. Did you go to that no, one or no? Go. No, I I feel didn't. like that'd be like right up your alley. That was like, like Slayer... Forget who else was like Metallic, all these like yeah. heavy, heavy Skinner bands. was on that too. Skinner was on that. It was yeah. like a weird lineup it of was like super crazy. Southern rock, emo, yeah. heavy metal, oh, yeah. 80s, that's all me. that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Um, Manchester's a good spot to be in because you're away from all the bullshit. Did you ever live in town or were you in, yeah, dude, as, I hated it. as I call it, LA? The other, it. other, other LA, Lower it, Antioch? Yeah, dude, I hated <laughs> it. When I first came to town, they obviously wanted you to live in town as a writer. Yeah. Like, and especially artist writer, they want you to be able to come in on a whim on anything they had. So when I first came to town, I lived off Second Street uh, in City View Apartments. Jeez. Yeah, we're like the Titans, all the, some of the Titan players and stuff were living there too. So that was kind of cool. But I hated being in town. Plus, I was a block and a half away from downtown, which is when you're <laughs> what here. Was, what was your bar? When you're here and single, that's a yeah, terrible yeah, what was, what stage. Was, the stage. The stage was I your bar? St- I still love the stage. Like, don't that's get twisted. Spot? I still love the stage. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still love the stage. But yeah, so the stage was my spot. And also, I was like, well, this is not healthy for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I moved to Franklin for a little while. And Franklin is nice, but it also is extremely bougie. And I liked living there because I had a backyard, and I was like, I wanted a dog, so I got a dog, and I had that whole thing. But then I realized that I'm not exactly the class to which people— You're not HOA material. Yeah, yeah, I'm people, not either, so I yeah, feel that. Like I, I can't follow your bonfire rules, man. I just can't. So <laughs> I was like, well, this is cool. And then when I signed my deal, I signed my deal when I was still living in Franklin, and I called Colt. I was like, yo, I don't want to live in Franklin or in close to town anymore. Is it cool if I move? And he's like, I live in fucking Oklahoma. You can live wherever you want. So he lives in Oklahoma? Yeah. He doesn't even live in Georgia? No, no. He goes, I think he goes to, to Georgia and I think it's like Athens area to be like with his kid. Like I'll see his kid and stuff. Yeah. But he's got a house in Oklahoma. So is Justin. He's a uh, violin player in Ox guy. Yeah, yeah, they both live in Okie. Yeah, they don't. So he's way the fuck out yeah, there. Yeah, oh yeah. So, so like, yeah, you could live so wherever the yeah, fuck you want. Yeah, he's like, do it, do what the fuck you want. So <laughs> I literally, yeah, awesome. I literally, what moved. a cool guy to be oh, signed dude, with, dude. The, the best, bro. Yeah, the best. So and uh, I, and I tell people that all the time. Like I have buddies who sign major labels, and I'm like, yeah, but how often does Espo call you? Like he doesn't call you. Yeah, you know, like how often does Gary O call you? He doesn't call you. Yeah. You know, Cole calls me all the time. You, you know, by FaceTime. You FaceTime I do. I'll be yeah. I'll be out on the road or whatever, and somebody be like, I fucking love Cole Ford. I'm like, oh really? And I'll just FaceTime drunk, <laughs> and like it makes their people's day. Yeah, he's but, <laughs> like that's the best part of, about being on a label that's ran by an artist is, it's it's more artist friendly than anything. And yeah. He's just he's taught me a ton, but yeah he's he's been he's been great. So then three years ago I moved out to Manchester and I'm on 17 acres out there in a cabin house and Dude, it doesn't get better than that. No, I got a shooting range and a fishing pond. You got a shooting range? Yeah, man. Yeah, like the cool cowboy ones too, where you can knock over the metal plates. Really? Yeah. Fuck. Bring That's your, sweet boy. Sounds like we got to go and. I'll say. He's a much better shot than I am. He's Dude, he's from he's from Selma, Alabama. So they, oh, they shit. he knows a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to yeah, the guns I'm, and shit. I'm, I'm slowly bringing all my guns up here. I'll <laughs> oh, do. Come on, man. We yeah. got that, and then. Hell, we'll bring Trey on out there. He likes to fish, so yeah. I do too. But he'll <laughs> he'll on. definitely be throwing some. Yeah, come on. yeah. I got a shitload of Tannerite too out there. So. Oh, I, dude, yeah. I'm definitely have, down. Sounds sounds like sounds like a, a music video, bro. Yeah, dude. Anytime. That yeah. would have been perfect for this last one we just shot that <laughs> yeah. we can't even talk about yet. But yeah, yeah. Shit, but, dude. Uh, anytime you need some country ass shit to come film, y'all, come on. 
come hang out. Dude, we would absolutely love yeah. that. Now I gotta ask you, this is a this is where we might we might differ in opinions because we're both from the same region of the country. Mm-hmm. What's better, Sheets or Wawa? Oh man, what's better? It depends on what you're after and like, what time of the night it is or yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, if you want a better bathroom, it's definitely not Wawa. Oh, Wawa Wawa's bathrooms, bathrooms are that's the horrid, bro. That's where part. COVID started. I don't give a fuck <laughs> what anybody said. That's where COVID started. Stop. Was in a Wawa bath. If it was a bat, that bat was in a Wawa bathroom for sure. Tom's, <laughs> was in Tom's River, New Jersey, yeah, in a Wawa. Legit. It was in that bathroom. Jeez. So if you want a good bathroom, pick sheets. Yeah. Uh, More stalls too. It's just yeah. a bigger and cleaner. It's yeah. just cleaner. Um, if you want good coffee, it's Wawa. Yeah. If you want food, it's Sheets. Yeah, like I always used to hate on both because everybody would be like, go get a sandwich, go get a hoagie at Wawa. And I'd be like, why am I getting a sandwich at a gas station? I'm from New York. I got 25 delis within walking distance. Like, and let me y'all do are that. like, New York sandwiches, bro, are like yeah, and it's, and it's the, the and it's the New York New Jersey thing. Like we go back and forth. We're so similar. The bread is way better. Oh, dude, yeah, I actually brought back. Um, we've got them in the um, in the freezer. Um, Sweet boy drove me to the airport, so I always I put people on the bagel list. Oh, That's dude. like a thing that I do. So New York bagels. We have a we have a bakery by my place called Ro- or where I'm from called Rockland Bakery, and you go into the. Um, you you go into like the the factory part of it. Bagels are the bread and bagels are coming down the conveyor belt. Yeah. You put on a glove. You grab them off the fucking conveyor belt. God. You put them in the bag. What I like to do is I like to grab the hard roll, like those, those round Kaiser rolls or the big heroes. Take it to the deli section of the um, of the bakery, and you pull the number. They call your number. Be like, hey, I want a chicken cutlet, fresh French uh, mozzarella, mozzarella on there, some lettuce, tomato. They put it on the piece of bread. You just oh, piece of shit. bread comes off the conveyor belt. It's in your hand. You're handing it to the guy at the counter. It's on a sandwich. Sandwich in five minutes. Different experience. It's great. So I have a question for you. Since you bounce back and forth between Jersey and New York, where is the better pizza? <sighs> Fuck. This is going to get me in trouble. It um, is going to get you in trouble. <laughs> it's going to get me in trouble. Yeah. Um, my One of my favorite slices is in Hoboken, New Jersey. It's called Benny Tudino's. And it's only my favorite because it's like twice the size of my head. Yeah. So it's like this big. I just like it because sometimes size matters, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it just does. So I like the many, I like that. But my favorite slice slice um, would be in New York City. Um, it would be at Johnny's in the Village. Really? Johnny's in the Village. How far is that from the bitter end on it's, Bleecker Street? It's, it's actually same same kind of area. It's on the dude. I think the that's village. the place that I would get yeah, pizza from. Yeah, Bleecker Bleecker yeah. Street is is a, that whole area because yeah. there's there's Johnny's and there's Joey's and yeah. they're like a block apart from each other. And the Comedy yeah. Cellars right there yeah. and all that. And growing up, I wanted. I'm, I'm a New York suburb kid, so yeah. like I didn't grow up in the city. I used to say to my mom and dad, "Why can't the city just float away to England? Yeah. All of our problems in New York are in the city. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Like just get rid of it. There's yeah. all this traffic, all this nonsense. I'm, I don't align with the New York City politics. All that. I'm like, get 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 the fuck out. Get, yeah. Leave my Yankees and leave me Madison Square Garden. And that's all I need. But then you move away and you learn to appreciate it more. You know? Yeah. Shit, dude. The city is. I, I did a residency at um, the Bitter End every other Wednesday. I was the only country band to play there, and I loved it every second of it because, and you know that country music isn't, you know, extremely appreciated in New York City, but the people who do appreciate it fucking love it. What's the the furthest you drove to go to a show as a music fan in Maryland? 
in stretch. Like like in a stretch to go to watch a show oh. as a concert goer. Shit, not far at all. Dude. Not far at all? No. Southern Maryland, they bring so much country artists. I drove one time. I drove, and I had family up there. I went, it was actually like night two or three of the Devil Don't Sleep tour. So it was Brantley. Yeah, sure. Tucker Bethard was direct support. I love Tucker Bethard. And then in front of Tucker Bethard was this up-and-comer named Luke Combs. No so shit. that was, I drove seven hours for that show at the Cross, Cross Insurance Arena. Like, I used to drive so far to go and see the country shows and because they weren't around a lot. So, like, there'd be people that would drive that still do. Morgan Morgan Marlin sold out MSG back-to-back nights middle of the week. Yeah. That's not easy to do. That's yeah. 25, 30,000 people. That's Dude, not country, easy. The country fans in the city are legit. Motherfuckers drive hours. They'll, they'll drive hours, get on a train for another hour or two, then go to the show, and then go all the way home. My set in New York City started at 1.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah, late On night. Wednesdays. Dude, bitter end. On Af- Wednesdays. After hours bars, yeah. bro. Those yeah. are the shit. And it was packed. Yeah. And I, it was funny because Paul, the guy, rest in peace, when he ran it, he was like, I gave you the guys, I gave you boys the good set tonight. And I'm like, okay, cool, when? He's like, 1.30 a.m. And I was like, I was like, you're a fucking asshole. Like, you're, you're lying to me. How long were the sets? Like, I would play an hour. Play an hour? Okay. Yeah, an hour. But I got door. Everything. Oh. So, so door deals are yeah, nice. So, and Paul was like, no, dude, you, trust me. 1.30 is a good time. So we'd be up there. We'd get there because it's New York City, and we have to park up. Like, at the time, we were traveling in a <laughs> how many t- class how C fucking RV. How, m- how many tickets did you guys get? Oh, dude, it would be packed. I couldn't even tell you. Well, like, well I'm saying how many tickets for parking the RV. Oh, sh- well, that's, yeah. That's a pain a in the balls. Well, this is a trick we found out because we played there every other Wednesday. If you got into the city at, like, 545, come 6 o'clock on, the side of the, on that side, you could park, and the, that was it. You, that was it for the night. Like, you didn't have to pay anything. Yeah. So we would pull in. We'd get there, like, super early. So then when he tells us we're playing at 1.30 in the morning, me and the guys would literally go out to the RV, go to sleep, wake up, and then go and play it's the like show. It's like you're on a bus gig. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So we, we would literally play it. But, God, I love those shows. And then I would go over and play the next day on Thursday nights at the Grape Room in Philadelphia. Hell yeah. Yeah. So Philly, we, Philly's a fun vibe for country music, too. Shit, it's, yeah. You, well, so, you've, so you've been the Reading Terminal. Yeah. You've, you've experienced yeah. that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know about... People don't talk about... Like, when people talk about Philly... And I, I hate the Eagle. Like, I'm New York sports all the way. Like, yeah. sorry, Jimmy Allen and all that. I don't yeah. know if you're you're probably... Any, or no, you'd probably be, what, a Skins fan? Yeah, no, I don't Ravens? like the Skins either. I like the Ravens. Ravens? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I respect the Ravens. Yeah. You guys yeah. beat the shit out of us in the Super Bowl when yeah. I was a little kid with yeah. Ray Lewis after he killed those guys. Yeah. But, you know... <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's why we won. They, they weren't trying to get murdered, bro. <laughs> but um, They're like, no, Ray, you can have this one, bro. It's fine. <laughs> but people, people, when they talk about Philly, don't talk about the Reading Terminal. But that place is... Badass. Yeah. It's like you're in a train station, but yeah. just, they even got Amish people in there. Honestly, honestly, Philly's a cool city, man. It is. It, it gets a lot of shit. Terrible to drive a bus through it. Have y'all done that yet? No. These with with Trey, we haven't been up to the Northeast at all. Shit, man. Which well, I've been telling hey, him. Like, get I'm gonna Trey, tip your bus driver when he goes through Philly, bro. <laughs> that's, that's usually me driving an RV. We're one, one of those bandwagon oh, RV he things. He needs to pay you extra when you go through that some bitch because the lanes are. Terrible, oh, yeah. they're, bro. they're tiny. Terrible. I remember we did a bus gig in Xfinity Live in Philly. Oh hell yeah, right outside the stadium. Yeah, yep. and we played there, and I apologized to my bus driver the whole time. I was like, bro, and he's like, I do this all the time, man. It's fine. I'm like, no, it's not fine. <laughs> like the fucking mirrors were this close to the cars next to us. It was yeah. so tight. But yeah, Philly roads are. You gotta do better. Yep. But their cheesesteaks are money. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? 
Do you have a favorite spot that you remember as far as cheese sticks? I feel like you can go in anywhere and get them. It's not really love, that. People love. people bitch about Geno's and Pat's and this and that, Ishka Bibbles. And... It's, uh, it's not Geno's or Pat's. I want to say it's called, it's something different. And I went there and the locals suggested it and it was way better than Pat's and Geno's. And no line. Yeah, no line. I can't remember what it was called. I want to say it was like Jimmy's or? Jim's. Yeah, so I went to Jim's and that was delicious. But I've done I've done Pat's and Geno's. I got really fucked up one night at the grape room, and then after we got done, I'd never done the cheesesteak thing before. And again, I'm small dude. I'm from a town of fifteen hundred people. So when yeah. you put me in a city, I'm like, ah. <laughs> and I was like, we got to do it all. So bro, I literally went. <laughs> we got to do it all. I literally went and ate a cheesesteak at Geno's and fucking walked right over and got in line at Pat's and ate a fucking cheesesteak back to back. Two of them. Son I've I've done recently, like I because I've had a lot of people. Like I've really started to. Kind of when I go home to New York, I'm like, I gotta document this shit for all my, all my, so, um, the the guys like him that are from Alabama, yeah. and Mississippi, Georgia, all the all the Southern folks that talk shit on New York. I'm like, I'm gonna do a whole pizza tour. I went home for Christmas. I had I had 15 different pizza places in the span of a week. No I was shit. going my stepbrother. We were going. I felt so bad for him. He's a tiny little skinny like scrawny dude, but he was like, I always like I'll go with you. I'm like, we're gonna eat a lot of pizza. Like, I hope yeah. you're ready. Damn near killed him. You didn't do the you didn't do the one bite. Everybody knows the rules. Okay. I ate all. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I ain't just eating. I I mean, he doesn't even take one bite anyway. But yeah. like, I, we would go from one place and then across the street to the other place yeah. and then around. Like, we drove through my whole county and we're just eating pizza, That's pizza, amazing. pizza, dude. I think about that too. Like everybody wants to try something at, at, in a small pound, like time. Like when people go to Broadway, and they're like, "We want to go to all the bars." I'm like, "Well, you're gonna get drinking every single one of those bars." I hate to see you at the end of that, some bitch. You know? And I hate to see the wallet, dude. Yeah, I always, mean, I, I always tell people printers. Like, go to printers. The printers is a very, very yeah. low. Don't like, listen. Don't <laughs> stay out of our <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> what were the bar, what was the bar scene like when you first moved here? Because eight years ago, awesome. eight years ago, that's twenty fourteen. This whole this whole city was way better eight years ago. Yeah, like, that was when the boom was starting. Yeah, it was way better. Like there was no thirty dollar parking. Everything was you could. How get much in. was the drink at the stage? You probably knew everybody, oh, so you probably were chilling. Yeah, uh, beers bottles are four, and shots of Jack were five so like it's not nine anymore yeah. Dude, they don't even give you like a break as a musician down there anymore like it's insane like the only place i do uh, like shout out big machine distillery like if you're playing down there they they hook, they hook you, up, you up but everywhere else no $15. so are you doing the broadway stuff down there uh when i'm not playing with trey bro yeah. god bless you i'll pray for you man that like i can only imagine the experience now how long have you been in town Barely a year. Okay. So eight years ago, a Broadway gig was a cool gig. Like, you could kind of go down there. It was They didn't have the circus guardrails down there. None of that stuff existed. Like, you could walk in and walk out of a bar. Oh, you just park right out front of the day. bar and then load yeah, in. Oh, right? dude, it's like, uh, just, I played there last night, like, at uh, Lucky Bastards. And on a Monday night, I was expecting, I was like, man, this is, like, this is going to be a cakewalk getting down there. No, I was I was pushing people out of the way, carrying my little drum cart, little thing. <laughs> like I'm like, like you see me walking here, bro. And- yeah, they see you, and they don't give a shit. And like that, that whole thing was not it eight years ago. It was like way cooler. Now it's like, 
the frat bros that go down there and hit that and yell out Tyler Childers because they think they're being original. Like, <laughs> is insane. Like, how many times you got to play Feathered Indians, bro? Uh, be I, honest. I every night. Be and honest. Then, and that dude, I can't, and every I can't. dude that comes up to you thinks he's the most original fucker in that bar to White House play Road. Feathered Indians or you don't like country music. <laughs> I, I can't like, dig at it too much because we have one of those songs that is like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Dick the, Down like, in Dallas. Yeah. That's a $100 Broadway song. Hell yeah. Hell I yeah. mean, and we always get asked to play it, and I'm just like, not until somebody puts that money in that jar. Yeah. If I'm sitting up here, I don't care if I play in the band or not. Until, yeah. that, $100 is in, until that $100 is in that bucket, I ain't oh, playing it. Oh, man. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. I can never do it. Yeah. What are some of your favorite spots here in town, though? Like, food, food-wise, we got a lot of Mexican food down here, which I did not expect Tom. when I moved down here from the north. I guess we're closer to the border, so it makes sense that yeah. the south would have a ton of Mexican. I just didn't imagine there'd be a lot of Mexicans here. Yeah. What is what's like your favorite Mexican spot, bro? So I'm gonna tell you because you'll know where it is, and I don't think anybody else will be ballsy enough to go down Nolansville. So Nolansville, there's this place called Los Arcos. We call it L.A. and it's my favorite Mexican restaurant. Is that the one that um all like the fa- all the um, famous people have been in, where they have like the pictures on the wall? Because there's no. a spot in Nolansville. That's no, bro. Next to some Ain't no like... famous people going in this place. No, <laughs> is this the one Matt Wallace told us about? It might have been the one Money bro, Matt told uh, us about. We call it L.A. Most people who eat there like call it LA but it's called Los Arcos it's on Nolensville and it's a uh, it's not too far off from Average Joe's um building I'm trying to remember what it's across the street from it's like right next yeah, it's by the zoo. Oh, right across it's the down the zoo. there. I used to live right over yeah, there. Yeah, right across the street from the that's zoo. That's a good. That's you're Bro. gonna get the authentic shit down there. Oh that's for God. sure. So good. Um, but if you want the best steak fajita in the world. Uh, you don't go to Nashville. There's a place in Franklin called Garcia's, and it's the absolute best steak uh, fajita you've ever had. Really? Period. Yeah, it's so to, good. Gonna have to can't, try that. Can't be beat. I mean, even like in California where they pride themselves on tacos and steak <laughs> and all that. Like, trust me, yeah. you ain't beating these people. Yeah. Favorite place that you've been, like, to touring around the country? Because you've been all over all over the place. You've done the West the West Coast stuff. You've done the Southern stuff. You done Texas? You done Texas yet? Yeah. You'll like this one. My favorite show I've ever played was Forest Hill Stadium in New York. No shit. Yeah, played there with uh, Leonard Skinner and Hank Williams Jr. Well, yeah, I mean, any. Yeah. I don't think that's just because it was in Forest Hill. Yeah, I think that's because you were first Cephas. And... Yeah, first stadium show I've ever played, and it was unbelievable. So, like, that's my jam. Yeah. But, uh, like, I'll always love, you know, going home and playing the the Maryland gigs and stuff, stuff that I dreamt to play you, when you I was ever, a kid. You ever played the Rusty Rudder? Yeah, no, I haven't played Rusty Rudder. Really? No, never played the Rudder. But it was because I had deals and uh, like non competes in Ocean City. So I'd play oh. Ocean City. And them people are mad competitive. Yeah, bro. they like are. Delaware and Ocean City, like just yep. that spot, like Ball and Cork. Yeah. You play Cowboy Coast in Ocean City, you ain't playing Ball and Cork and vice versa. They hate each other. So like I would play those spots in the summer in Ocean City because yeah. I'm a Maryland kid. So. They want the Maryland kid in Maryland. Yeah. So I would go and play, and they would do the non-competes. They paid well for it, so I will not How many times have you blacked out at Secrets? <laughs> fucking never. You've never I hate been to Secrets? Place. No, no, I hate that place. Locals don't like I going there? I hate that place. See, I, but as a Jersey, as a New York Jersey guy, I'm like, that's like I hate that spot. place, bro. I hate that place. Yeah, I mean, no offense, Secrets, but that bar sucks. Like, Is you, it just because it's all the bennies I, in there? So if you go in there, if you go in there and you're on the beach side and you're just, like, eating and you're getting some jerk chicken and a drink, 
cool. But if you go in that nightclub, I hate that nightclub. And they brought me in there to try to experience it, to be like, oh, you should play here. And I made them take me backstage because I hated it so much down in the pit. I hate that place. Well, and they fight all the time. Yeah. And people are like, fuck that. It's the equivalent to like Bar A or oh, Janks dude. or one of those. But see, I want to I want to play Janks. Janks never, is really cool. I've never played Janks. And I want to play Janks. Yeah, that's where like that's where I, I, I used to I love those like my... beachy yeah. clubs in Jersey. Like one of my favorite places i played at cadillac 3 was stone pony yeah i loved stone pony yeah asbury man. park's a really cool God, town. house the, of independence there's really cool bro. wonder bar is cool they've yeah. got a lot asbury park's a cool it wasn't little people town. were fucking dope man yeah. like i'm telling you sometimes jersey gets a bad rap man but like there's some good people. there's some good people some in, great people yeah i did a um a backyards and bonfires tour in as like where during COVID, yeah, yeah, yeah. where everything was I shut saw down, that. and I, I literally went that. around travel the country and played people's backyard. You probably did a lot in the Northeast. Well, I did. So I, feel like I went all over from California to back. I played uh, ninety shows in during COVID, and uh, <laughs> dude, let's go. Yeah, and played people's backyards. It was a fucking blast! I put a hundred and twenty thousand miles on my Chevy and drove across the country. And did it. it was amazing, and I played two or three in South Jersey, and those were some of the best people ever, man. Just hospitable yeah and that's and that's like a that's like a good experience just mental journey driving with your with your team like with your crew just doing that during covid when everybody else is 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 sitting inside like sitting inside like you're finding a way you're adapting to it and you're you're just that's got to be cool to just drive around the country like that made me re-love what i do like i was gonna being a bus act is a different experience than being the small club act. Like yeah. when you're out on a bus and doing that kind of stuff, it's basically a circus. You go out there, you dance around for 45 minutes, they pay you, everybody gets paid, and then you get back on the bus and you go to the next place. There's no freedom in that at all. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, me and my guitar player, Alex Seller, who went on tour with me for the Backyards, he would find ways for me to sneak off after those shows so I could just live a little because yeah. I hated it. And you could tell I was just like not into it because I felt like a puppet. I didn't feel like a person anymore. Yeah. When you play with major acts, there's certain rules. Oh, yeah. You know oh, this. Oh, yeah. You're not allowed to go out there in the crowd during their set. You can't go hang with people during their play time because it's distracting to yeah. the crowd. There's certain times you can go out to your merch table. It's normally when the whole damn thing is yep. over with. So you don't. You have so many rules you have to follow. And connection to people is why I like music so yeah. much. I like to connect with people. And that's so, what your fans, as, yeah. as a guy that is one of your fans, Bro. loves loves what you do. Well, because when you take it, when you take it you. away from me. Not only do the people who have related to me to be able to talk to me, they don't like that. I don't like it either. Yeah. Like when I can't go hang out with people, like I would get in trouble all the time when I was on William Morris breaking the fucking rule. Yeah. Of, you can't party while and I'm like, man, fuck, you. he's Rodney Atkins. I'm gonna go out there with people and drink a beer and let's yeah. sing, you know, yeah. about nuggets. He's I'm gonna mine. do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So, you know, like so I I did and when you take that away from me, it was rough. So backyards and bonfires, like I didn't have any bus driver that you know, it was like, well, we're parking and that's it. I had my truck and I could go do whatever I wanted. And do we saw everything. I went Mount Rushmore. I went to Sturgis. I went to, De- uh, uh, what is it called? Deadwood. South Dakota's yeah. dope. I like South Dakota um, a lot. Went to the original Starbucks in Seattle. I got bougie, did that. Uh, <laughs> nice caught, little mixture of redneck and yeah, bougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught giant um, uh, catfish in North Carolina. 
I rode side by sides on giant fields in Pennsylvania. Like I did some shit. Like I had a good time. I lived yeah. the most life I ever lived in 2020. It's, it's like a movie. Yeah. Just, just getting to do experiences. It's yeah. like it's and like I, you're living like you're dying, but you're not dying. Yeah. Knock on, knock legit. On, knock on wood. Legit. And I didn't film any of it because I could have definitely been incriminated. And well, that that factors into that factors into. Yeah, I keep a I keep a phone bin on our um, on our vehicle in like our green room area for certain certain things. You know, that's good. Oh, you're the phone collector. Well, I'm the tour manager. Dude, so that's I'm a the tough job, bro. Yeah, I'm the phone. Well, yeah, it's other times that you got to do what you got to do. You know, you gotta is keep... it easier? This is a question I wanted to ask you. Is it easier being out with an artist that sobriety is a focus than being out with an artist that sobriety is not a focus? So both, so it's funny because Trey is sober, Charlie from Muscadine is sober. Really? So and it's and it's funny because you would think like though, the Muscadine guys not as much of partying. I always say a wild night with them was going to Waffle House after the show, whatever town we were in, and I'd be a little stoned off my dad pen and sometimes yeah. make an ass out of my myself. And they would just man. and they would just laugh at me and be like, "This is just the, the merch guy, whatever, doing my thing." With with our crew, with with um, with with Trey. The the band parties. Yeah, we have a we have a bottle of Fireball and a case of Miller Lite. It's in the green room every show. It's oh. usually gone after every show. So they rock. They rock. But after the show, business gets done, and then you you let them you let them run free. They're good dogs. They always come home. Um, if they there hasn't, there hasn't been, they have not missed. We had one moment in Montgomery, Alabama, where they were like a few minutes late, but we're like. 10 minutes they were late. like they were like they were like 10 minutes late but but um from a from a place which if you ever get a chance you should look it up range 231 it's called trailer they call it the trailer bar it's like a redneck oh, yeah. top golf it's a trailer bar oh. one of the wildest places i've ever experienced but we were playing down there and they ran off and did their thing but they made it back in the morning but um but yeah i mean it's it's nice to i'm a sober guy too i'm six years off off booze yeah, i'm awesome, california man. sober so i smoke yeah. i still still do my smoke and toke yeah. but no drinking, so it's nice to be with an artist that's not as doesn't get as wild. But Trey is like the drunkest sober guy you'll ever meet. Really? He loves to. I say he likes to stir the pot more than my mom does when she's making her penny well, vodka. Like, you yeah, know, like yeah. he's 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 a character and he's he's a lot of fun and um and stuff. But it, they're definitely different cultures between yeah. the two of them. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and it's like Trey and the guys came right off doing the cover band stuff, like the DDID, the Dick Down stuff happened right in the midst of them getting back into doing stuff during 2020. Whereas yeah. like Gary and Charlie had been away from the cover scene for a minute. Yeah. So it's like, I always pictured those dudes being super serious. I always yeah, respected they, how they had, they had their mo They had back in the day, they had their, they had their times. They, they, oh, it's funny. Cause the, a lot of the, a lot of the guys out of the Southeast came up playing the same gigs. Everybody went through Statesboro, Georgia from Luke Bryan and Cole Swindell to Muscanine and Trey. And there's guys coming up doing it now. They went through Birmingham. They went through Tuscaloosa, Auburn, Athens, like all those college towns. So Gary and Charlie back in their day, I'm sure they, they tied them on back yeah. in the day. There's a reason good time. Charlie don't drink anymore. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's cool to get to experience that. That's awesome. Is it tough so. for you to be on the road doing that? Um, what trying to stay sober? No, nah, with being with Trey, not at all. Nice. Trey's Trey's still Trey's like Trey at one point was was sponsoring people. He's very involved in the program, and he's he just celebrated fifteen years. Damn, so dude, that's awesome. fifteen years off off booze, 
pill of everything. So he does nothing. He has his vape and he has his his can of skull peach that's sitting here. Um, yeah. But um. But yeah, being with him, being out with him, I never have an urge for any of that stuff. Dude, that's and awesome. then with muscadine, there was never really an urge at all because it's hotel and now now they're doing it in a bus and they're their years of grinding in the van they're they're I was out pumped to see them on a bus man me too man it's, it's and they rode that and that was something that i was respect the shit out of too they rode that sprinter long yeah. like they could have gone bus but they were just super smart responsible serious about yeah. well you know, what they did for a while was they just had charlie's avalanche they really bought, they bought an avalanche and they drove they were a three-piece. It was Gary, Charlie, and their drummer, Zoltan. And they would just go up and down 65 and then cross over to Mississippi a little bit. And then their first sprinter, they bought off of um, Luke Combs when he no got shit. into his first bus. They bought Luke's sprinter from him. Damn. And then they sold that sprinter to uh, Jordan Fletcher. And really? then Jordan, funny, it was one of my first gigs with them. Uh, it was at the Buckhead Theater in Atlanta. It was uh, Muscadine, Jordan Fletcher, Joe Fortner. And um, Jordan was coming down from Nashville, and he got T-boned. Oh, the, the The sprinter was, like, totaled. Oh, shit. It was, like, first week after he bought it. It was, like, it was his first run with it. But it was just wild. I like, like him, too, man. He's got oh, Jordan's cool really good people. He started. He's sober as well, and he started out. His first gig in town was... Um, he was, uh, or actually, no, he played in um, in Job. Him, Ryan Nelson, um, all those guys used to play in Job's band. But Jordan was a uh, was Mus one of Muscadine's first merch guys. No shit. And he that's how how's, he started writing songs. How's Job Fortner doing? Job's he's hanging in there. Yeah, he's still doing his. I haven't seen him. In I haven't forever. seen him in a minute either. But I, had uh, some good times with I him. I played a show with him, and he sang that Georgia song, and I was just like, Fuck, Yeah, he's just he's got he's sing. got pipes. Holy shit, he's, 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 he's got he's got that southern, that southern rock thing going yeah. where. There's got certain... the hair and the flip flops. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's actually up in Penn. They're doing a, I forget what it's called, but they're doing a project. Him, Ryan Nelson, and Big Rob Snyder. Oh Jesus! It's a reggae like Southern rock thing. They recorded it at. Um... There's a lot of cigarettes being smoked. Oh, there's more than just cigarettes being yeah, smoked. Jesus. It's it's all left and right hand. Yeah. Um, up at uh, Bam Margera's place. Oh really? The studio that he has. Jesus. They went up to Westchester and recorded like a reggae rock. Did they thing. send a film guy. They brought they they did that's show. a Netflix series. I I I I I'll, I'll, I'll never forget <laughs> when we were at Joe's on weed. Like we carried Ryan out with us. Oh Ryan, to, yeah, do you know Ryan Nelson? Have you partied with him? I know of him? him. Yeah, no, I've never partied with him. Oh, yeah. uh, he was outside at one p.m. I'm standing out there with him. He turns on Bob Marley, smoking a cigarette, a joint in the other hand, and just barefoot in Chicago, like just standing on the side of the road. Bro. Just watching him dance, and he's like, "Man, listen to this." And I'm yeah. like, dude. Yeah, we say, we <laughs> any, dude, "Any dude that can confidently wear a button-up shirt, one button." He off. was wearing his little uh, yeah, like, one button say, off like we, that. Bro. We say that Ryan Nelson is. We, we have a joke that we're gonna. He's gonna run for mayor of Nashville. I'd love for him. Um, well, he's got a political science degree, and he's technically a registered Democrat, so he could go against Cooper in the primary. No shit. So we've made a whole bit of this thing. We've got me. We've got it ready to go. It, it's, um, he's a Democrat. He's gonna get he registered as one. Yeah, from back in the day when he was a hippie. He's going to get signed yeah. up. For so sure. he could go against, but he doesn't think like one now. So he could uh, just go against him. I, I, cool. I would vote for Ryan. Yeah. And, uh, but we'd say, think if, of merch, man. You, you oh, we, we, we've looked into buying a billboard. They're not that expensive. If you go to the, probably be down Let by you and me Manchester. A sponsor, bro. Let me know if you need a sponsor. Hey, you know what his slogan is? I'd buy damn Ryan fucking. His slogans probably show up drunk. Yeah. Exactly. Ryan Nelson for mayor. I'll probably show up drunk. Show up drunk. But if you've looked up like Florida Man in the dictionary, it would be a picture of Ryan Nelson. 
and with 100%. his one button shirt with yeah. his and, and his, it's always and his, off one it's always off yeah, one he, button he played we, we just did uh what you're playing around later tonight which i'm super stoked about to have you playing and everything yeah, around live oak we did one uh, we did like a, an event with our friends from whale tail media our last yeah. round that we did we had ryan play full band Damn. ryan's up there with which it was it was with the um Grady, Sa- I don't know if you know um, Grady Saxman, yeah. Saxman Studios guys. Yeah, Saul so, come out and play. Yeah, yeah so it was, there was those guys because Ryan records with them and stuff. Ryan's up there barefoot. Oh, God. Ryan's up there barefoot. I think his shirt was fully unbuttoned, McElwain. Yeah, his shirt fully unbuttoned, short wow. shorts. So you know it's a good show. His mullet, long hair thing, and he's just up there being like, live up, what the fuck is Like, just oh, rocking yeah. it. He looks, yeah, it's just uh, very uh, strutting around up there. Dude, he's a one of a kind. Thank you for not putting me in the same round as Andrew, by the way. Janakis. Oh, dude, Jackalope can sing. Fuck. That's you want to talk about any singer ever not wanting to be around with that guy. Like, yeah, we got we got we got some good ones. Like this this round, I'm very excited about because yeah. I've got like kicking it off. We got all these new cats from um, from North and South Carolina: nice. Connor Sweeney, Presley Aaron, those guys. Second round, you and Josh, which yeah, is really Josh. cool because you guys are homies. Yeah. And then Cassidy Daniels, who I don't know if you're familiar with yet. She's 23, one of the freaking wildest voices really like she just hits badass oh, so you did do me dirty no i didn't <laughs> i put i put two talented dudes with yeah. two talented chicks okay. and then brooke lee who's from um the gastonia like charlotte area yeah. north carolina she's more like that americana style um so that'd be a really cool round and then andrew and brian fuller and jeb gibson and wow. um Dexter uh, in that one. And then to close it out, Johnny Clausen, Jordan Dawsey, and Kyle Starrock, who are doing some big things hits. in the writing rooms right now. Yeah. yeah so it's going to be, be, be a fun fucking night. Yeah, we, I did a round with Josh for uh, the Songwriter Festival in town. Um, the What is that? What was that Tin one? Pan? Tin Pan. And uh, Josh was in the round with me. And it was me, Josh, another guy named Johnny Gates, and uh, Madeline uh, Merlot. Is that her name? And I purposely put uh, Madeline Monroe and me, in, or in between me and Josh, so I didn't have to play before or after his number one hits. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll strategically see me sit somewhere yeah. else. Oh yeah, <laughs> tonight I'll probably sit on the other side, right in the wherever he's sitting. I'm gonna sit the, the other seat over. Hell yeah! But yeah, Josh is great, man. Plus, he's got some great music coming out. Too. Yeah, dude, and he's in he's in the family. I know he's a homie of yours, mm-hmm. and it'll be it'll be cool to yeah. Tony Leon's gone such a jam, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fucking, he's the man. But dude, thanks for coming dude, on absolutely. here. And new music you said coming out. We're we're still pushing. We're pushing out singles. Yeah. Record October. Yep, record October. Manchester. Manchester. Yes, yeah, called Manchester. Let's go, baby. Yeah, and uh, first single, our next single coming out August. Single after that, uh, September album in October. Let's fucking go, dude. Yeah, man. Hell yeah, man. Well, I really dude, appreciate, appreciate you, you man. coming on and doing this, and uh, looking forward to a great night over at Live Oak as well. Yeah. Guys, be sure to check out our boy Sam Grow. Uh, and thank you guys as always for watching and listening to the In the Round podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, rate, comment, tell your grandma, tell your mama, and them. Um, if you're back home in uh, in Jersey, Philly, um, comment and see which, or I guess in Pennsylvania and Maryland, tell us which one you like better, Sheets or Wawa, because don't go take a shit in Wawa. It'll be a horrible experience. Shit in sheets, and the food is very good for you. Exactly. So go check that all out. And um, thanks again, as always, for listening. We will see you all next time. This has been the In the Round Podcast.